episode 61. I still feel so weird to say 61. That's so crazy. I can't believe I've done 61 episodes, but it's been so much fun. I have learned so much and I'm enjoying this podcast so much. I hope you are too. This one is, uh, this episode is with Kathy and Jeannie. I just felt like I hadn't talked to them for a while. I didn't really plan on booking them right after the infertility episode, but once I did, I went, hey, wait a minute. I think both those ladies had fertility issues, and I know that one of them at least went through some treatment. So what what a happy coincidence. I wish I could say I was a savvy producer, but I just happened to be a happy coincidence. Um so we talked about Jeannie's infertility and and her fertility success with the help of science. And then we kind of, we talk about adopting. We talk about, um, you know, the, we kind of recapped last week's episode. And then we just kind of meandered into other subjects. We were talking about the sex episode that I did with Kathy's husband. We talked about teaching our kids to drive. We talked about politics. We just kind of wandered all over the place, which is kind of what I like. I like that, you know, conversation should be free flowing. And this one wasn't topic based when I started. When I started it, it ended up being a little topic heavy. But, you know, conversations go where they go. And that's one of the things I enjoy about listening to podcasts and about doing my own podcast. It allows me to be curious. And it allows me to, um, you know, just listen and learn. So I hope you hope you enjoy this podcast. It was really fun. And, um, and I learned some stuff about my friends I didn't know, which is always uh, a bonus. Thanks so much for showing up every week. Please share my podcast with someone if you like it and like it on YouTube if you like it. <laughs> I guess I, I, that would be great. I would love to be liked, <laughs> wouldn't we all? Thank you so much for showing up and uh, enjoy episode 61. to make oh. it a little more firm. If it's not comfortable, you can oh, take no, it out. Right. Stephen, Stephen liked it. Oh, he did. Yes. <laughs> Stephen liked it. It was for Stephen. <laughs> he is a bit of a princess in the piece. Wait, Stephen Fromkin? Stephen yeah. Fromkin, yes. What did he talk about? Sex. Oh. Let's talk about sex, baby. Really? Dear Lord. Yeah. Have you heard it yet? No. No, it hasn't been released yet. No. But no, it was... Who else talked about sex with Stephen and Bert? Bert, Bert Kreischer. Just the two of them? Yes. I had asked a couple other dads who declined. Who declined? <laughs> I'm not. I can't. I'm not going to say who declined on on this. When we're done with this, you can. Yes, um, declined, <laughs> and so I was. Bert was like, I don't understand why you're not asking me. I don't understand why you're not asking me. I'm. I'm like because because I I would like to talk to people that don't have sex with me, right? right? <laughs> about about that. But 
And then, of course, we went over to Sandy and Tom's for dinner that light night. And Tom was like, wait a minute. Why didn't you ask me? <laughs> and I was like, dude, I, I've never in a million years would have thought that you would come on a podcast and talk about sex. Not only that, is he in town long enough ever for them to have sex? <laughs> All right. <laughs> I think they make it happen. I think they make it happen. But I mean, and he's he's brought it up like four times now since then. I thought... Oh, Uh-oh. my God. You might I'm, have to have another one. I may have to have another one, but his is going to be, well, I don't understand. You just, you wake her up and you do it. And that's like, <laughs> I mean, that's what it's going to be. So you try the 37 positions of Karma Sutra, Karma Sutra and, in, in, in one, one day. Oh, we discussed that. Yeah, we, d- we discussed that on the podcast yeah. during the 12. 12- oh, my God, Kathy, are you dying? Um, well, no, I mean, you know what? I came on here and talked about sex. Yes. So I can't tell my husband not to come and talk about it. Like, that's really unfair. Right. So. That's true. It is unfair. And he was, he was, he was awesome. Who did you talk about sex with, Sam? Yeah. Uh, Mm -hmm. I figured. Wasn't it Sam? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was Sam. (laughs) Yes, uh, we did. And it was a really good discussion. And it's been like my highest or second highest downloaded episode. Right. We talked about it twice. We, we did. We talked, well, we talked about it the first time. And then the second time this guy wrote a letter. Oh, I remember. Really yeah, remember. and so yeah. I wanted to discuss that because I thought other men probably have that same mindset yes. as he did, and I wanted that discussed. It wasn't like about, uh, you know, this guy's calling you. What do you call you? Fri- the frig- Frigidaire? And, uh, oh, what was the other one? Um, oh, oh Sam didn't like that. I totally remember this. Yeah. yeah. It wasn't Kenmore, right? Was it? No, uh, it was Frigidaire and... Frigidaire and some other like refrigerator name brand like some other like freezer like yeah it was was (laughs) it was ridiculous i remember that because i remember sam being like "Uh -uh, i know (laughs) but you know i was like if this guy thinks this way i've been trying to since i listened to that podcast about blue collar versus white collar a long time ago and then we did a podcast about that issue i've been trying to um filter three things through the my blue collar background and see if I can ask a question from that perspective, as well as my natural self. You know, my natural self is far more progressive and open and than where I grew up. But I think there's so many people in the country that come from that background, a very blue collar and very kind of very um, religious, very conservative, that I think those points of view have value. And um, so I like, to, I like to kind of, like when that guy wrote that, I was like, in the same vein of what I'm just talking about, clearly he's not the only person on this planet that thinks this way. Mm-hmm. We all know there are people who think like right. this. So let's talk about that so that talk about how it makes us feel, right. you know, and how what our perspective is on that perspective in a very kind of non-accusatory, non-judgmental way. That was my poem. That was my purpose. So I think we did a good job. Yeah, I mean, I hope so. I think you guys were classy. Uh, <laughs> we could have all said, what an asshole. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it allowed a lot of my fans to, or uh, listeners to email, what an asshole. And I was yeah. like, well, if we had said it, it's different than if the collective comes to that conclusion on their own. Mm-hmm, you right. know what I mean? Yeah. It, it was really cool. It was a cool experience. Right. Uh, as hard as it was for Kathy and Sam, I think, to sit there and listen to that letter. I think it was good. So anyway, yeah, yeah, sex. We so. talked about sex. It's going to be interesting. I'll have to have you on after <laughs> that episode and see what you think about it, if you want to. Right. Well, so I, like I'll listen to it while I'm on the air. Yeah, right. Oh, oh, that's perfect. That asshole. By the way, he's like, never having sex again. <laughs> kind of funny though that like we're you know going to discuss today like 
having a baby without having sex. Right? I know. Yeah, so last week's podcast, we're two friends that are having some real infertility issues, right? And one is like nine years in, no success. Uh, One is five years in, no success. Uh, The one that is five years in had uh, gotten pregnant naturally and the baby passed away in utero somewhere between 12 and 14 weeks. Mm. So she had carried it that long and they had to obviously abort the baby. Mm-hmm. And in the abortion process, uh, something in her uterus got damaged. And so she has scar tissue in her oh uterus. My God, how and terrible. yeah, no, so now she can't. That's it, so the, the, the egg doesn't implant, right? Like it's supposed to. Um, so they've done like nine rounds of in vitro. Um, in different processes of that mm-hmm. not all of them have been implanted but many rounds of collecting and trying and they have three embryo left and they're trying to decide what to do with them they're like do we continue to try to implant in this uterus that's compromised or do we get a surrogate what do we do mm-hmm. and then the one that has been going through it for nine years just took a break they're both 40 mm-hmm. um and they sarah just took a break she was like i just need a break sarah um uh, i guess has gotten pregnant one time naturally um but miscarried at like six weeks or something really young mm-hmm. so she has an un what's it called um what's it called unexplained infertility they mm-hmm. have no mm-hmm. idea what's wrong with her um except that she has aggressive uh, what, is, what is it called hostile mucus yeah <laughs> she has hostile mucus what does that mean it means her mucus like eats the sperm so oh, the mucus it. at the, in in yeah. like the beginning, the sperm get eaten. So um, they've done like IUIs and uh, IVF. IVFs both, and nothing's taking. So they took a break. But she's, I guess, she learned something from Jen last night about a new procedure for IVF, or not new procedure, but a new philosophy about hormones. Um, where maybe some people respond better to a very low dose of hom- hormones instead of like they were pumping Sarah full of ho- hormones and in- to gather eggs. And instead of doing that, this other doctor believes that some women just need a very low dose and have more success that way. So she's considering. The technology uh, is pretty amazing just because just since I did it, mm-hmm. which my kids are 13 and 16 now, um, now, did you do it for both? Uh-huh. And what did you do? Um, IVF on both. You did IVF. Yeah, I mean, it's changed so much since I did it. So the reason what happened with us, and you're talking about your friend's compromised uterus, is that like your fallopian tubes in your uterus are like tissue paper. Mm-hmm. So if something damages them, it's like not repairable, number one, mm-hmm. and it they're really easily damaged. And so, at, at, you know, so much can compromise. It's so, like ironic because we were so paranoid about becoming pregnant for how much of our lives. And then you actually <laughs> try to have a baby and you can't have a baby and you're like, are you kidding me? Yeah. Um, but I, my very first pregnancy was an ectopic pregnancy mm. and it went like it was misdiagnosed as a miscarriage. So I actually had a DNC where they scrape your uterus yeah. out, assume Ooh. that you had a miscarriage. And um, I guess they're supposed to check for products of conception in the DNC and the doctor who did mine didn't. And so I went like a few more weeks mm. and my doctor said, come in and let's check your numbers, make sure you're back down at zero and talk about moving forward. And when I went back in, they checked my numbers. She was like, you're still pregnant. And I was so naive that like, I was like, oh, yay, like not getting, yeah. you scraped oh, out my uterus. Problem. It's yeah. the baby's not there. Um, So then that's when they found out that it was an ectopic pregnancy and I had to get like rushed in and knew I was losing that tube, obviously, because- um, Yeah, they was, have to take it out. 
Uh, so an ectopic pregnancy is a pregnancy that implants in, in, the in your fallopian tube. Yeah, right. Because probably there was damage there. Right. And it's like tissue paper and it got stuck right. on the way. I see. So um, at that point, um, my doctor said, when I'm in there, I'm going to take a look. And if I feel like the other one is compromised, I'm going to take both. Mm. Because if the other one's compromised and I got pregnant again, first of all, you can only get pregnant every other month. Um then because you lost a tube and right. if it's compromised like and there's amniotic fluid or something in it and you do get pregnant it could leak into your uterus and you still lose the baby and she's like you got pregnant so we know you can get pregnant it just ended up in the tube so let's remove them and then we'll put the bun in the oven ourselves is what I was told right <laughs> so it all happened really fast um but um I in my mind when I went into surgery was like they're taking both like I think just to like be Maybe safe. Be safe. Protect myself. Yeah. I just had like was like they're taking both. My husband, on the other hand, had it that they were going to try to save the other one and just take the one. Mm-hmm. So he was like still hopeful. So when I came out and I was waking up, he was sitting there and he was bawling like it was Aww. the saddest, most heartbreaking thing. And he was like, they took it. Aww. And I was like, it's OK. It's OK. It's still going to happen. We're going to be parents. You know, I just felt like um, I did feel like it would happen. But I also was not like. I didn't also feel like 100% that I had to, I was really open to adoption always. Right. So at the same time that we were then now I have to recover from losing both my tubes and surgery and you have to get your hormone and numbers back to normal. And we were talking to my doctor and we are going to try in vitro. We knew we were going to try in vitro. I was like equally researching adoption at the exact same time I was looking into in vitro like I had an adoption file and I had an IVF file. (laughs) So I was totally open and I know that not every, I was like there's, I've talked to, you know, friends who are struggling and I have a friend who's been trying and trying for years. And if they don't conceive naturally, they're not going to be parents. And it breaks my heart because they would be such amazing parents. Right. But they're just not open to it. Right. Um, and so, it has to be right for yeah. you. And not everybody is the same. Right. You know, she the the young lady who's had the damage was explaining that she had lost her father when she was 15 months old. Never knew her father. He died of cancer at 28 years old. And um, her one of her reasons for having a baby is to have that kind of genetic thread with her dad. Mm-hmm. And other than uh, other than that, like the thought of adoption doesn't match for her because she uh, part of having a baby is that need to have that connection with see, her dad. See her dad and the baby, yeah, some way. And so she's like, if that, if it doesn't happen, if it's not my biological baby, I'm not sure I would want to to have a baby mm-hmm. so I was like well that's you know that makes sense to me yeah. that makes perfect sense to me um mm-hmm. and then the other young lady was like I'm so terrified of adoption because I'm afraid I wouldn't feel connected I, I wouldn't know. recognize I myself I hear that but you know then every yeah. story you hear of adoption you've I've never heard anyone no me say neither. that they weren't instantly connected never never no, me neither yeah. I've never I, I should even, talk to someone who has adopted a child and even our neighbor who adopted you know he was going to adopt a baby and ended up bonding with a seven-year-old and it's like i can't even imagine them not together, together. yeah it's isn't just, that crazy yeah i have a friend too who adopted a child through that she was a foster care um it was nia vardalis mm-hmm. um adopted her child because she was in foster care and nia and and ian at the time took her in and they they kept her yeah <laughs> yeah which is amazing yeah. to human yeah. beings to do that and they ended up keeping her right um, yeah, I mean, it's a, the, I, going through IVF, we were lucky because it did work for us pretty quickly. We didn't have to go through multiple rounds. Mm-hmm. But it is definitely a roller coaster and the hormones do a number on your body. And 
um, it definitely can hurt a couple, I think, but it can also strengthen, you know, mm-hmm. because you're truly doing it together. Right. Other than, you know, he wasn't getting all the shots that I was getting, but he was giving them to me a lot of times. And that's not easy either. You know, right. he was practicing on pieces of fruit. Yeah. <laughs> Did Stephen do that? <laughs> no, he, you know, he's familiar with the EpiPen. So oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Needles, but yeah. I hope he didn't jam them into you. He like, they be a wham. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right? uh, yeah Darren was so scared. He was like practicing on fruit. And then you, some you get in your stomach and some you have to get like in your thigh because they're intermuscular. Mm-hmm. And he did one time accidentally, he nicked a nerve. He went like too low. And so I was like numb for, Oh, I was like, this is like, I get multiple pairs of shoes because of that. <laughs> <laughs> so then when I went back to the doctor and I was like, I'm numb here. Should I be numb? And they're like, no, no, no. He hit the wrong area. They actually took like this permanent marker that took like weeks to get off and marked, made giant circles on my legs <laughs> where he was supposed to aim for. And I was like, great. I look like a steer. Like I've been marked. Where <laughs> you were branded. 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 We were supposed to get me. Yeah. They should have, they should have made a D for Darren <laughs> instead of a circle. Circle D. Here you go. Yeah. This is your woman. But it is pretty amazing because you're sitting like, you know, they take that you make your, you know, you have your follicles, you make your eggs and they take the eggs and they mix it with his and then you get your embryos and then you try to take like the doctors can tell which are the strongest ones. We didn't test them for um, sex or anything like that before. I know that's like now it's everyone does that. But we this was again 13 and 16 years ago. Um, but um we when they're transferring them like you're literally watching the second that this embryo is placed in you you watch it go boop in that's crazy it's miraculous it's totally amazing and then like to know like when you do find out you're pregnant you're like i so if people would t- say to me you know like oh what's your due date you know so you know i'd say it and they'd be like you know so they're not always 100 percent on on that and i was like no 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 we're we know the moment <laughs> that sucker went in there we're not gonna be off here like, it's gonna be pretty close yeah and then the other crazy thing that people say and i'm sure that you know your guests from last week's um are experienced that is that they, since they don't, every story is totally different. Right. And everyone has totally different things. Yeah. No two people are going to be the same. No. So after I conceived my son, people go, oh, watch out. You get one, you're going to get pregnant really easy the next time. And I'm just like, no, I don't have tubes. Nope. Like, <laughs> and that shut them up really quick. They're like, oh, oh, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. Never mind, never mind. But like, it's just, <laughs> and they're not meaning to be like, not nice, insensitive, yeah. but since everyone is totally different, like they're trying to ma- say something to make you feel better, yeah. but it's like, no, it's, you know, it's not going to happen. I'm not just going to get pregnant. Right. <laughs> I don't have tubes. It would be Now that amazing. would be a miracle. <laughs> Immaculate conception. Yeah. Right? That would be Somehow that embryo. Just wham. Yeah. Untied that knot. Jumped. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, it's true. They talked about that last night too, of people trying to be, trying to be sympathetic mm-hmm. and it, and it being the wrong thing to say. Right. You know, I heard about this new celery root drink you can drink. And then you're like, I've done fucking everything. everything. I've done everything. Please. And now celery root's going to save me? I know. Really? <laughs> right? No, that's Nine what... years and all I needed was celery root? Right? Damn. How come that doctor didn't tell me that? Hundreds of thousands of dollars later. Right. right. And the money. Yeah. And the money. Yeah. The money is... I mean, it's expensive. It's very expensive. It's expensive. But in your case, abs- I mean, well, not, in, not yeah. just in your case, but in your case in particular, it was it was your only choice. Totally. Yeah. yeah. And except adoption, but right. it was your only choice. Which would have cost more, probably. The, probably more. Yeah. It, you're right. Probably more. Mm-hmm. What was your experience, Kathy? It wasn't that, we didn't get that far along in the process. Um, 
you know, initially I had unexplained infertility. Like mm-hmm. they couldn't figure out why, whatever. Um, so we started doing hormones and all of that. How kind long of stuff. Were, did you try to get pregnant? Uh, two years. Okay. Um, and there was a lot happening. Like when I look back, it's so clear, you know, they talk about mind over matter and stress and whatever. And I think that had such a gigantic role mm-hmm. in all of this. Um, looking back now, back then I didn't think about it at all. Um, but there, uh, Stephen had actually moved out to California and I was still living in Boston. There was mm. three months where we were um, separate. He would fly home once a month, like deposit and they would like clean and whatever. I'm oh. like, no wonder that didn't fucking work. Right? Do you know what I mean? Like, what were we thinking that that was going to help us get pregnant? Anyway, um, so when we moved out, when I finally got here to California, I went to see a new fertility doctor and the guy was basically like, are you kidding me? You're 30. What the fuck is your problem? Chill out. And I was devastated. He basically oh. was like, I'm not helping you. Oh my God. And I was devastated. Um, and we were like, all right, got to find a new doctor. And in that month I got pregnant. Your um, kid, so you never own. even had any treatments. You were no, just. No, I did. I didn't have IV. I didn't have it like implanted, but I went through like all of the testing. And oh, then okay. the one thing the doctor did do, and I'll never know if this was effective or not. I don't know if you went through this, but Initially, one of the first things they do when they try to figure... Well, you probably didn't. You did not do this, no, actually. I know you didn't. But I know because what you're now talking that, about. Because yes. I've had a lot of friends who did that, this, too. Um, so they do this test where they inject a dye into your tubes, and it like runs through the tubes, and they see if there's any tears or any problems or whatever. Mm. The first time I had it done, they said, do you have the water-based dye or the oil-based dye? I was like, I don't know. Um, water-based was cheaper, so that's what they did. However, it turns out that the oil-based is a little more effective. Mm. And generally what happens, then you wait three months and see if you get pregnant. It never happened the first time. It sort of cleans anything or whatever. This guy did the oil-based test and then I got pregnant. So I don't know if it was that or if it was just like I had given up for that month because it wasn't ever going to happen. Right. You were in Who the knows? sunshine state. I was That's in the it. sunshine <laughs> state. Yes. You were reunited and it feels so right. good. So, uh, yeah. So we didn't, like, I did do all the hormones and, uh, like, all of that kind of stuff. But I never, we ended up getting pregnant naturally. Right. Um and then super quickly thereafter, we got pregnant again, which was not the original plan, but you know. Right. I think Stephen told can. me that story on his, that, that you, he was, Max was like 10 months old or something. Mm-hmm. Oh. And you were like, I'm not really that tired. Was those, <laughs> that was one of those stupid things. Like, I don't understand how these like wives tales get perpetuated. Yeah. You can't get pregnant if you're breastfeeding. Yeah, that's not true. Who the hell, like as most intelligent <laughs> women believe that. Like I thought that that was still true. That's not true. No, that's People not true. People don't believe that. It's did you not, not go to Lamaze class? Yes, My I did. My Lamaze class told me that. Oh, they didn't tell us that. Oh, they went through a whole bunch of wives tales at mine. No. And uh, yeah, one of them was it is a myth that you it can't get pregnant. It is a complete myth. <laughs> yeah, it is a complete myth. It is. Yes. Yeah. Can you imagine but. being pregnant with a 10-month-old? I mean, he was still in diapers, right? Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, God. I had to wean him as I was pregnant because I was like, <gasps> I can't possibly, like my goal was to breastfeed for a year because of all the allergies in yeah. our family and whatever. But I was like, dude, you got to be done. Yeah. Because in three months, your sister's popping out. Right. Like we've got, you got to... That's crazy. It, yeah, it was it was crazy. So that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. In three months, your sister's here. I didn't realize they were that close in age. I mean, I knew they they're, were. I thought they were about two years. Nineteen months. But they're nineteen months. Mother yeah. of all that's holy. I know. I remember yeah. with um, my friend Jody, her son and my son are like a month apart, and uh, at her son's 
um, first year birthday party, she told me she was pregnant with her second, but she was three months. Like she had waited. Mm -hmm. So she got pregnant when he was nine months. And I just remember looking at her and like all these one-year-olds, like at this one-year-old birthday party. And I was like, you're on your own. Right. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not having another one now. Well, not to mention I had to do in vitro. So like I was like, I had to save some more money. But I was like, you are completely on your own. I am not with you on that. And I like for like days, I kept being like, I can't believe she's pregnant again. I don't know. how Because I was just still so tired. Yeah. Working full time, had a baby. I was like, I don't know how she's doing that. Blew my mind. But yeah, we had actually gone to a wedding um, and I was, I don't know, maybe four or five months pregnant. We had Max and like the, um, there was a mom there. She was like a, like a parent, like one of our moms. Um, And she was like, oh, you need a nanny. Like you can't possibly do this on your own. And I was like, I broke out into a cold sweat. I'm like, holy shit, what do you mean? Like, I can't afford a nanny. What are you talking about? What the hell did I get myself into? You're like, what does she know that I don't know? I can't do this. Oh yeah, only that women have been doing it by themselves with two, like with like Irish twins forever. (laughs) Right. You know, Yeah. but yeah, it was was scary enough. Mine are two years apart and that was bad enough. You know, I felt like I'd just gotten Georgia really up and running and then I had to start all over again. That is really hard. But I, I guess one way to look at it is if you're in the thick of it with Max, you just put one more in the thick of it. You know, I had yeah. had a little lull of like, oh, this is so nice. Right. <laughs> I can do this. Well, and, and then, then my biggest right. fear was because, you know, when you do in vitro, you usually implant more than one embryo for mm-hmm. better results. With, um, with my first, we had transferred three and I got pregnant with one. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, if I had had twins, I'd have been done right with the twins. So when we were trying again, my big fear then was like, I now know what one is. Right. I know right. what it is to put one child in a car seat in a car, put one child to bed. I didn't want two. And so I was so terrified oh, I bet. of having two. And so the first time we tried with our second, we didn't get pregnant because I only had her transfer one because I was so paranoid Uh. and we didn't get pregnant. And so she was like, listen, you transferred three and got one. I think that that's what we do again. And so we did with the second round do three. And um, when we went in, so I knew I was pregnant. We'd done the blood test and we go in for that first ultrasound and she's doing the ultrasound and we're both, you know, Darren's standing there, I'm lying on the bed and she goes, one healthy heartbeat and i we were both like oh and then she goes hang on a second oh my god and she's like digging you know how they like yeah, they yeah and she's yeah. pressing against all the walls and she's like wait uh no one healthy heartbeat oh. <laughs> you're like oh my you're god like, i thought she was joking i was like was that a joke she's like no no no. and she showed us see this i thought that this <laughs> way be something but it's not and i was like oh my god that's not even funny that's crazy that so yeah been crazy. so one for the next one yeah that would have been crazy. It's so funny. I thought that. Do you remember when Katie got yes. pregnant? I was like, "Oh my god, what the hell is she gonna do?" She had a baby, and then she had twins, and I was and like, she, "These were identical, same sack." Yeah, and they had no clue until they were. They hadn't right. even gone in. It was like she was over three months. She her first pregnancy, totally normal. So they weren't like super worried about getting in there early. And they go in at three months, and they're like, "Not you know, it's same sack." identical twin girls oh and my we saw we were all picking up from nursery school <laughs> oh when God, they came together yes. to pick up their daughter and I keep seeing I saw like our teacher like freaking out and I was like oh they must just be telling her she's pregnant because we knew she was pregnant yeah and then I get closer and they're like twins 
kids and was screaming and I was like, oh my God. Oh, wow. <laughs> the look on her face though was like, was I don't shock. know what the hell we're going to do. Yeah. Those two girls that are was, hilarious too. They're yeah. identical, but they're like, that you can't, I can't tell them apart other than that one is super girly and one is super tomboy. <laughs> How funny. And so I know that they totally, they, one dresses tomboyish and one dresses girly. Like one always has a bow. So I know that's Lila. <laughs> you know that. Now they'll switch one day if they want to get away with something, right? But there is, there is like spinning image, and uh, I remember that moment. The, I do. I remember yeah. like, thank God, who can have twins second? No. Like once you like, you got to have it first when you yeah, don't yeah, know yeah. what you're getting yourself into. I think you're right. I think yeah. you're right. And That's it was all terrible. girls, you know, and and yeah. so the dad was dad just was like, like I'm doomed. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> it was really funny. Oh, oh yeah. my god. So I was really scared, but yeah. So then we ended up having one and one. Yeah. Which was great. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Oh, my chicken got out of the coop. Uh-oh. Look at her. How'd she get out? I don't know. I have it all gated off. She just, uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe Sylvia left the gate open or something. Uh. But, um, but so- I, I've always been very open about talking about it. I never hid that that's what we were doing. Mm-hmm. I know some people are kind of like more private about it and you don't like, you know, somehow it'll come up and I'll be like, oh my gosh, I had no idea so-and-so's kids were in vitro or... right. But I've always been really open because for everyone and me, I mean, obviously you just had two people. There's a gazillion people going mm-hmm. through what I went through. Again, everyone's different, how it happened, how they came to that place. But I felt like being open, if it helped someone, to, I, like I've had so many strangers call me because a friend will say, hey, my friend's doing in vitro. Can she call you? And I don't even know them. Right. And I've been on the phone for an hour with someone explaining what we went through, what our experience was. I just like I don't think it's I'm not ashamed I don't feel like I have anything to hide by it and it made our relationship at the time my husband and I like I feel like it was made us stronger and it was early on in our marriage Mm -hmm. because we got married at um I was 30 when we got married Mm -hmm. and 32 when I had Elijah so it was like the first two years of our marriage right we're kind of dealing with this and going through it together and it really kind of bonded us as a team like solidified like that we were like we're going to do this together Mm -hmm. there was no blame you know I've heard relationships where like people have said oh it's him you know his sperm aren't doing this he never was like her tubes suck you know like yeah 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 (laughs) Yeah. bad genie man those tubes they were bad yeah so like it was never a blame thing it was never that it was my fault I never felt like responsible about it it was just uh it was um, just a it was just a medical condition really yeah. just like you know any other medical condition it sounds like that's how you guys treated it yeah and move forward i think uh i felt so bad for the two ladies last night because you know for sarah's undetermined yeah i i can't imagine how that must feel mm-hmm. you know to just have no answer there's no reason right and to try over and over and over and over again and it just always end in disappointment it's got to be really, really hard. Yes. And, and you she, you know our friend Jen from nursery school too. Um, she and her husband tried for years and years too and they were moving a lot because he is a doctor and going through residency. And so she kept joking, we have embryos in every city. They're not going <laughs> to move them. Like you can't, like they're frozen. So like they'd have to start from scratch wherever they went. It was completely unexplained. They have no idea what why she couldn't conceive, um, but they tried you know, and put so much money into it mm-hmm. and finally threw in the towel and decided to adopt. And they adopted a little girl from Korea mm-hmm. who's 18 now, going to college next year. And then they, a few years later, adopted a little boy. Um, he's not little anymore. He's exactly my son's age. They were born a week apart and from Korea also. And um, he and my son grew, went to mommy and me, you know, from the time Ryan, you know, his 
came home date, which I think he was like seven months when he came home. Um, they were, you know, have been best friends their whole lives. They live in Nashville now. But uh, a few years after they had Ryan, they were done. She was in her 40s, have a beautiful little girl and a beautiful little boy. And she couldn't imagine having any other kids like they are. So her kids, it's I can't imagine her having any other kids. They get a call from the agency that Ryan's biological mom and dad in Korea, because Korean, it's a lot of born again. And so they don't believe in birth control, mm. <laughs> but they can't afford the kids. Right. This family already had a lot of kids. So Ryan's biological mother and father have had a little girl mm. and they want her to be with her brother. What? Yeah. So um, they had just, uh, I'm trying to think, I think Jen had just turned 40. They were going on a big trip to Europe. She and her husband, you know, like their kids are three and six, I think at the time. So like you've reached this place where like life's getting a little easier, you know? Mm -hmm. And so they talked about it. Of course, you have an opportunity to have a full biological sibling for your child. You, you know, of course. Yeah. They said yes. Um, uh, it's funny because Jen's husband is a urologist. So he was like, yeah, but I'm going to fly to Korea and I'm going to fix him. Because <laughs> I'm not taking any more of his babies. Right? <laughs> but that didn't happen. But um, anyways, so she is my daughter's exact age, which was so nice. How great. And so they've all grown up so close. And it is pretty crazy how um, similar they are, she and her brother. Uh, mannerisms, just like the genetics of it, the way they talk. Crazy. Everything in, in, in English, like they both have the same like it's crazy uh but they're such an amazing family and i can't uh, when i look at her with those three i cannot imagine her with three other children and she's one of three friends i have i know who adopted one and ended up with siblings wow really of the one there's a good friend of my son's has the oldest boy is his age he has two younger siblings who are full siblings who were all adopted. All adopted. Wow. And that was through foster care through the city of Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. Um, And then a family um, adopted a son and then the mom had a boy. This was my son's age um, and they have him too. So also through foster care through city of Los Angeles, two full siblings. I think once there's like that connection with the family, if another Mm -hmm. one comes along, they want with the sibling and they can't afford them. But yeah, so there's... um, Three families I know who adopted and have full siblings. That's crazy. I know. That's amazing. It is amazing. Yeah. 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 There's a lot of love to give. I think a lot. There's a lot of a lot of ways to be a parent. I think not just not just to adopt. Even there's a lot of ways to mentor children, to foster Mm -hmm. care children. To there's a lot of ways to do that. But the fertility. I I mean, I had no fertility issues or problems. I really, so many people have emailed me to talk to somebody who had, who's going through it. So I'm glad we talked last night. It was, I learned a lot. Yeah. I really Um, feel for them. It's not easy when you're in it. And the crazy thing is, is when you are finished with it, and this is the one thing I've told the people I've spoken to, if you're successful and you conceive and have a baby, when I look back on having my kids, I don't really remember that time, I couldn't even tell you how long it was exactly. Isn't that interesting? That we were going through it. It's not something that I think about or that I remember details about. Right. Like, it's not what you remember, you know? Yeah. You just remember actually, like, being pregnant. I remember being pregnant. Yeah. But, like, I don't really remember the part about the getting process. there. Yeah. Yeah, the process, mm-hmm. probably, because the end result was so happy. Yeah. 
Um, I do remember the people, though, the nurses and the doctors who you're working with are pretty amazing. Yeah. And I think you have to be if you go into that. Yeah. Um, yeah. But really yeah, patient, we had probably. some amazing, I brought someone just was using the same fertility clinic that we used. And so meanwhile, this is like 13 years ago. And I was like, oh, there was this male nurse. And she was like, oh, my God. And she said his name. And I was like, oh, yeah, that was his name. And she's like, oh, he's still there. And I was like, <laughs> he was amazing. Because ironically, you know, like they would prefer fresh sperm. So they don't really want you to bring it in in a bag. Yeah. Right. And so you have to like go with the guys. Yeah. So this yeah. is why it's not so easy for them. They have to no, like go into a room in terrible. the doctor's office yeah. while you're they're waiting for them yeah, to come right. out with like it. Like you're literally waiting outside totally. the door. Like it's awful. So at yeah. the time, you know, my husband and I met both of us working at Playboy. I was no longer working there, but he still was. And he goes in the room and there's Playboy in there. Oh and he my came God. out and so this was the male nurse. So this is with my son first. So this is actually 16 years ago. He came out and he goes, um, I work there. That's not <laughs> going to do it for me. And so the guy was like, oh, my God, let me see what else we have. You know? <laughs> so then two and a half years later, when we come back trying to conceive our second, he's still there. And he had seen our names. So we walk in and he looks at my husband. and He goes, oh, I got something for you, big guy. I remember you. <laughs> And I was like, I already put different stuff in the room. And I was dying. I was like, oh my God. Like he remembered us. He knew we worked at Playboy. And he was like, no Playboy in there. That's hysterical. (laughs) Because I was like, that's work. It stresses him out. Don't put that. Yeah, I know. He's going to go, ah, look at that copy. The copy's all messed up on that. That's so funny. So funny. But they were amazing. Like the fact that he remembered us. And he was like, I remember you, big guy. I put something different in there for you. I was like, oh my God. really funny. But yeah. So like, it's not so easy for the guys. The girls have it rough, but the guys do too. Yeah, yeah, I you know that that's the thing too. I think they suffer alongside. I think I I would imagine as a man I would feel very helpless. Yes, you know if it's if the woman is the is the not the problem, but if the if the yeah. infertility stems from the female, I would imagine a man would feel very helpless. Yeah, and I can't imagine someone really blaming another person. I mean. Uh, infertility is not a choice Mm-mm. it's right. it's a medical or a biological problem and so how would you would you ever blame someone if they had cancer you have cancer you're such an right. asshole right you know i can't imagine how anyone could even make that okay in their head to blame the other person yeah um but i guess it's such an emotionally charged yeah subject i think there's so much frustration and anger and disappointment yeah and want a want that you can't have right and uh that would be really hard i know both both ladies last night said this has definitely brought their relationship closer they're oh, they've good. gotten much closer to their spouse it can go either way good. and that's yeah. good to I hear i think it can yeah so it's good to well thanks for sharing your of experiences course. hopefully they'll listen yeah to that one and maybe someone else who's listening who's struggling because mm-hmm. you know you never know there are people who go through years of, of fertility treatment and go I'm done. Forget it. And then get pregnant. Right. You know, yeah, because totally. they've really relaxed or their body is ready or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm um in my uh my um new age brain. I believe the spirit that comes to you was meant to be yours. Yes. And that when that little spirit's ready, it shows up. I mean, I got pregnant on the pill. Georgia was like, "TikTok, time to come in." And there's, you know, I think that happens. I believe that way anyway. I'm sure people who are going through infertility are like, screw you. Mm-hmm. But I mean, maybe the spirit that's supposed to be yours isn't ready yet. Yeah. And you have to wait. You know, I don't know. There's no answer for it, I guess. If Especially people who have no success. That that would just be really heartbreaking. Right. Well, I've also, I just really feel for the people who, that, who um, chronically miscarry. 
Yes. Like having being pregnant and then losing it, I feel like it's worse than not at all. I don't know. Like yeah. it's just because there's you get that happiness of that positive test mm-hmm. and then to lose it. And I had several friends who had several miscarriages before they were able to conceive and I just was like felt so terrible and you know there's so many when you're going through it people share so many um like kind of like stories to try to help you yeah. and one of the ones so I had lost my baby through a ectopic pregnancy and then my friend a good friend of mine had had a miscarriage right around the same time and we both then got pregnant right around the same time again when we had our first and she had sent me this poem that was basically like they called it like the spirit babies and I had mentioned it to someone and they're like oh I heard about that but it was it was a story about it was in a parenting magazine I think story about a mom sitting on the front step of her house and that there she had a child um, like a three-year-old and was trying to have the second and had had a few miscarriages and um, and the right after a miscarriage the um, three-year-old was saying, started saying, oh, the baby's going around your head. I see the baby's going around your head. And the mom was like, what are you talking about? And um, the three-year-old had described it that there were babies going around the mom's head and that they were the spirit babies and that when she got pregnant, the one that she had lost was first in line. Oh, to have so then it makes you think that like it, you did have the bait you know yeah and I was like the sweetest story and like whatever helps you get through yeah it. whatever <laughs> helps you get through it is the, is like, the it's truth it's like if you hear good stories or pine ice cream yeah, whatever, whatever you gotta it do is, you know? it's like but there was I thought that was I always thought that was like I like the visual of that yeah that's mm-hmm. a pre- that's really nice visual that's yeah it would be really hard to miscarry uh, both of them had had miscarriages but I guess one uh, Sarah had a friend who's had who's chronically miscarries, oh, and it, I, I would I, I can't it's even imagine what that would be yeah. like. Mm-mm. It would be awful. Awful. Ugh, my goodness. Well, we're so lucky. Yeah. yeah. So lucky. Whatever method, we have some good kids. Yeah, we are lucky. <laughs> so, how fun was Sasha's bat mitzvah? Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually so sad. I don't have any more kids to have another one. It was so that was much it. fun. I had two, and now I'm, I'm done with both done. of them, and they were both. But you have weddings. Re- I do, but that's so. like. God, I hope a far way off. Um, I mean, my son would actually have to talk to a girl to. <laughs> but um, they, uh, it was like with our friends. I mean, I understand it's her party. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. But we we didn't had, care about that. <laughs> we had so much fun with our friends. Like I just didn't want the night to end. My brother and my sister had so much fun. We it was. There are pictures. There's a picture of my sister on the dance floor that I'll share with you um, later. <laughs> But it's hilarious. She has like the glow things going around her head and she is really owning the dance floor. And I took a picture of it from my computer and texted it to my brother, my sister. And now anytime there's a group text exchange between the three of us, it's my brother will like his first response is that picture. Oh my Even though gosh. it has nothing to do with what we're talking about. And then I'd be like, so anyways, I just wanted us to take a good look at Dancing Meg again. <laughs> dancing Meg. That's that hysterical. But it is a there were a lot picture. of Dancing Megs. Yeah, there were a lot of Dancing, dancing Margaret was pretty amazing in yeah. my, um, my, she's now my brother, my sister's favorite person in the world. They're like, whoever that woman was who was breakdancing. <laughs> On the floor, yeah. During the bat mitzvah, they're like, yeah. "Stay friends with her because when you're 65, you're gonna she's gonna be a blast, right? Right? That's Margaret, who has been a guest on this podcast. Is the break dancer? <laughs> right. She was brilliant. 
brilliant. <laughs> she was beautiful and free. She is so fun. And her kids were going to kill her. And, I mean, Bernard was so embarrassed. Oh, my God. I think. It was, and my daughter loved it. She thought Margaret was awesome. And he, when so her glad. son was complaining about it, she was like, no, your mom's the best. Like, she totally so loved funny. it. She loved it. It was she really was. fun. She was funny. And Sandy kept... <laughs> kept coming up to me and going I'm just I'm just kind of obsessed with Margaret's ass like I just need to I just need to constantly grab her ass and I was like Sandy you don't know Margaret that well you can just walk up and grab her ass I mean like you can grab Kathy's ass or my ass but yeah she pretty much just kept like spanking her and grabbing her it was hysterical and then every picture Sandy like Chinese twerked she kept sticking her butt out in this weird move that she was doing it was really fun an obscene amount of alcohol oh, yeah. I, that yeah. it, like I, we overbought and literally there was nothing left <laughs> and at we the end overdrank of the night. Apparently. yeah right? well, uh, and the funniest was <laughs> so like it's it was supposed to end at 11 it's like 11 30 my family is still there and my oh, sister, oh we're all still yeah, there so my sister walks out with a glass of wine and i was like where did you get that from she's like oh i hit a bottle earlier <laughs> Where? And she's like, it's to the side of the table. I'm like, you're hiding wine at my daughter's bucket. She's pretty smart. That's pretty smart because I remember our our whole group was at the bar going, yes. okay. What's left? What's left? Like, I've, we've drank oh, okay. everything. What can we drink now? I think at this point I'd had... Uh, some kind of sparkling wines, Prosecco or something. Yeah. I'd had Moscow mules. They ran out of whatever liquor goes in a oh Moscow mule. <laughs> and then I started drinking red wine, ran out of that. Yeah. Well, uh, my sister you know, hit it. It's right. your sister. <laughs> it. But we were literally like, fuck, do we have to leave? Yeah. I think we were the last people out the side I door. I think so, oh yeah. It was, we had, I had so much fun. It was so fun. I was so yeah, sad it it's fun. over. I am so sad it's over too. Yeah. What a great group of people we have. Oh. Yeah. And everybody partied. Everybody partied. Well, there was one little sect that watched the party. But. Oh, yeah. I know who you're talking about. Yeah, but, yeah. and I kept thinking, I'm never going to be invited to their house again. <laughs> <laughs> They're never asking me over again. Oh, my gosh. And she, I was, it, like, it was, we had a ridiculous amount of fun, but she, I think the kids did too. I mean, I know my daughter yeah. was super happy by the end of the night. She my was, kids had a blast. Yeah. Like, I said, do you want to do it again? And she's like, well, not the whole service part. <laughs> No shit. And I'll do the party again. <laughs> right. But yeah. I mean, it's also funny because my family, like, they all fly from the East Coast. And, you know, we're Catholic. We were raised Catholic. So this is, they don't, you know, regularly attend these or be a part of them. And my sister was even like, I'm so bummed. We don't have any more bar about mitzvahs. Like, I was like, well. It is a very special yeah. ceremony. That's only the second one I've ever been to. It's oh, really beautiful. Yeah. I, I like I like that ceremony. I, I don't, love it. There's not an equivalent in... Christian religion where no. you actually stand up and kind of proclaim I feel like at that age too when they're 13 but we don't get to but stand you don't up. stand up and no. say so this is these are my values and these are this is what I'm going to do you stand up in front of the church yeah I didn't say anything at mine I'm trying to remember I actually, walked up and they like did something on my head and I walked away well yeah that's what no, most we were I did something with my godparents oh I didn't oh. fancy yeah and we don't get a big party afterwards. But. Yeah, <laughs> I had did, a cake. I remember but. making. We had to make um, our family coat of honor, uh, coat of uh, like the coat of arms. Yeah, oh, yeah. And they hung them around the church, like each child who was being confirmed. Mm -hmm. And you had to like make four sections of it, and it was like your heritage, you know, your religion, like certain oh, things. Okay, that's kind of cool. And this is like just like a funny 
story. I don't even remember what mine was. My saint was Joan of Arc, so I think she was on there. But I don't really remember like what my coat of arms, but I remember my brothers because I remember walking around the church looking with my parents, my brothers, he's the oldest, and we get to it and he had the <laughs> Turkish flag on it. And we're not Turkish. <laughs> And so my dad was like, what the hell? Like, why does he have it? So when we asked him, he's like, well, turkey's my favorite food. <laughs> so the Turkish flag. Because he just That's didn't so know what to do. So funny. No. But we couldn't find it. We kept circling it because we were like, that couldn't possibly be his. The Turkish flag. But, but the Turkish flag. That's really funny. I know I was thinking Ida's would be pizza in one corner, an anime yeah. character, you know. Yeah. <laughs> That's really funny. A Turkish flag. <laughs> I'll never forget that. That was one of my dad's favorite stories about my brother. Oh, it's a good yeah, one. It's yeah. Funny. yeah, I didn't go through any of that. I got baptized. I grew up Baptist. I did have know. my confirmation, but it was just literally, I remember we walked up to the front, They, the priest said something and you walked away. That was it. I don't think my godparents were there. When you get yeah. saved, you have to like go down to the front of the church and pray with the preacher in front of everybody. And it's always a spur of the moment, like you're moved by the spirit. So when you right. go down there and you get saved, then you have to get baptized later. And that's in front of the whole congregation, too. But I, we never said anything. The preacher said everything. You just got dunked, <laughs> got fully dunked. I wow. got fully dunked. Our church had... Uh, like a whirlpool tub behind the pulpit that had like a cover on it. And when they would baptize, they'd heat it up. They'd put like like bath water in it, like hot water. Oh. <laughs> they forgot to heat mine. Oh. So, and it was the winter and it was cold. And I remember he dunked me and I, I when I came out of the water, I went, <gasps> woo! <laughs> and Darnell went, amen! I was like, woo! Lord have mercy, it was so cold. <laughs> she has been saved. I know. He literally turned and went, Amen. He had amazing comedic timing. My our the preacher that uh that did this. It was my dad's best friend from like kindergarten on. And his son was my age. And I don't know how old I was when I got saved, probably sixteen or so. I was older because we didn't I didn't really grow up in the church. I started going to church as a teenager. Um and because uh, that's what all the, the kids I hung out with went to church on Sunday. They raised hell Friday, Saturday, and then Sunday went to church. And I don't know, it was very funny. Now I think back then, I was like, I didn't even know what I was doing. I didn't know. I just was kind of following the pack. You know, all right, everybody else is saved. I guess I'll get saved too. Right. You know, so our kids don't have any kind of confirmation. We don't have any... They're going to hell, <laughs> I guess. But I mean, I, I don't, that didn't mean anything to me. You know, even as I was going through it, it didn't mean anything to me. My connection with God came later. Right. Like from my own self-discovery and my own spiritual journey. So I don't know why we would do that with our kids. Well, and I also I had no, I mean, I, I didn't hear, like Sasha did a speech. We're not supposed to see it or read it prior to hearing it so I hadn't I'm not like a snooper I don't honestly I didn't even know like where it was she works on it with the rabbi at the temple so I didn't know where it was saved right but it was really interesting hearing it because I had no idea that she had that deep of a connection with God that she prayed or that she firmly believes because it's like another one of the things I love about bar and bat mitzvahs is we had attended a really good friend of hers um the one the older sister to the twins (laughs) in December 
where she basically stood up there and was like, I'm an atheist. I do not believe in God. I like having the Jewish traditions that my family's tradition. I like celebrating the holidays in the culture, but I don't believe in God, but I can still be Jewish and not believe in God and be an atheist. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the um, rabbi stood up there and said, you know, like, I love that you are 13 and you're questioning everything. Keep questioning it. And it's okay for you to change your mind down the line and feel differently. But if you're an atheist right now, own it. And keep questioning right. until someone gives you an answer that you like. Right. Keep questioning it. That's great. And but it was just like because I was talking to her parents afterward, and they're like, I don't think the two of their speeches going to be an interview. One was like, I'm an atheist and I don't believe, and they're really good friends and in the same religious school class. And so it was funny because my daughter was saying we have this debate all the time because right. she's mm-hmm. on the one side and we're on the other, and she's like, and you cannot change her mind. There's nothing that you can say because she's not. She hasn't been happy with the answers that they're giving her as to why she should believe. Right. And so my daughter just blindly believes, which is fine. Like she just has this faith right. and believes. But um, I had no idea. Right? That's crazy. <laughs> so I was like, really? Well. And my mom was like so pleased, you yeah. know, to hear that. It was beautiful. She did a beautiful yeah. job. Yes. I mean, I've good. only been to two, but yeah. it was exceptional. Oh. It was really great. Of the two I've been to, it was really impressive. I have two really friends great. who have Jew- they're Jewish, but they don't like belong to a temple or do anything. Who after hers were like, "Oh, great! Now my kid wants a bat mitzvah." Oh no! I yeah, came home. Awesome. The party? <laughs> no, no, no! I came home and said to Bert, "We're having a quinceanera," and he was like, "You can't do that. That's called racial appropriation." And I went, "What? Or cultural appropriation?" Yeah. I was like. What the hell is that? I just want to put her in like a fluffy dress and have a party. Well, can't you, you do know? one of those genetic tests? I'm sure they'll find something in you that allows you to do that. I don't Look, know. I have this two percent. Maybe, maybe. Native American, but other than right. that, I don't know if we can get into the Latino. Well, don't they have some sort of celebration? I have no idea. Yeah, you probably, probably wear a loincloth sure and do. right dance around a fire. Probably. I, yeah, I don't know. Talk about cultural appropriation. Like, yeah. Me, right? Yeah. The dresses are just so amazing. They are. That I was like, that's the. Fun I mean, part. you just get a taco truck <laughs> and may not be that expensive. Mariachi band, super fun. Oh, it would be so much fun. Yeah. But I got totally shot down for my ignorance. Well, then just have a just have giant a sweet, 16. sweet sixteen. Yeah, that's what I said. We'll have a sweet sixteen. Yeah, is Quinceanera sixteen though? Isn't that 15? you know what? Um, <laughs> our friend uh, Dina for her daughter Sarah had a big sweet sixteen. Like it was like at a country club, huge party, black and white. So like the boys had to wear like, I mean. You know, everyone got really dressed up. The girls were really, really fancy dresses. And uh, Dina stood up and did a speech to her daughter. Her brother stood up and did a speech. And then she was allowed to stand up and say something. And so it was really nice. And it was very um, personal. It was nice for a sweet 16. You know? Right. Kind of ceremonial. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what well, maybe we'll do. We'll see what Georgia wants to do. So Georgia also started uh, her all girls Catholic school and atheist. Um, and um, I think. I think she is changing her perspective. Did she get ashes yesterday? No. Oh, yeah. I, I, no, no, she didn't. Okay, yeah, because my no. they, you have a choice. My son just walked out. I'd, yeah. I'd die if he came home. They with didn't ashes have a liturgy. They didn't. <laughs> One day I'd be like, what happened? <laughs> they didn't have a liturgy yesterday, um, oh. which is odd. Yeah, we uh, did. They did at my son's. School. I, I would. I'm surprised at that, but little things have started happening now. Um, where I'm like, oh, interesting. Bert gave us all these little. Um, crucifix styled bracelets for christmas since he was like since george's at a catholic school we got to start kind of like stepping up our game we got to show up with some kind of semblance of catholicism from time to time it's a really pretty really delicate little um bracelet and she keeps 
moving it around her room. Like she won't put it up. I keep finding it in different places around her room. And then long time ago. Did she, she wear it? No, she doesn't wear it. Okay. But, but she's, she's thinking about she's, it. Right. And <laughs> getting closer. Gigi, long time ago, gave the girls crosses like David Yerman, really nice mm-hmm. jewelry, gold, real jewelry crosses. And that she's laid on her nightstand. Huh. And that's been in her jewelry box. I mean, she's had that stupid, not stupid. She's had that piece of jewelry since she's probably six, something like that. Mm-hmm. I'm like, huh, what's going on there? Uh-huh. Something's stirring. She's thinking about it at least. Yeah, she may not. I think I've had a lot of talks with her about the difference between spirituality and religion. That they're two different mm-hmm. things. They yeah. are connected, but but they don't have to be. You can be a very spiritual person and not be very religious. Yes. And kind of figure out what works for you, you know. And so I'm thinking maybe. And the way they do religion at this school is really inclusive and yeah. and not judgmental. No, because I, you know, I don't know how it is across the country, but I mean, I went to Catholic co-ed school in Washington, D.C., and there were maybe like two Jewish kids there. Like it just wasn't common for Jewish families to send their kids to the Catholic schools. But here, um, I don't know even if it's all over Los Angeles, but for sure in the Valley, we mm-hmm. have lots of Catholic schools. And they those numbers can be anywhere 30, 40% Jewish. Right. Because there is such a high Jewish population in the Valley. So um, I, was t- I was at my son's Catholic school and talking to his religion teacher and she was saying how happy she was to have him in the class and he brings great debate and he you know, always has his, you know, something to offer when they're in discussion. And um, I was like, well, you know, he's Jewish and like just kind of telling her. And she was, I mean, his name's Elijah. Like it doesn't take a brain surgeon to figure out that there's not a lot of Catholic Elijahs. But but she was like, no, she's like, that's why I love it. And she's like, I love my Jewish kids because most of them have had their bar mitzvah or their bat mitzvah. And so they have had a lot more religion than the other kids because there are Catholic kids who did get confirmed, but there's more just a lot of kids who are Catholic or Christian who have had nothing. Right. And so she's like, I love the Jewish kids because they actually know the history. Right. And they have so much to offer in terms of the debate. And they are, I feel like the Catholic schools do, they're fine with you questioning it as long as you don't blindly question it, as long as you're not just like, no, I don't believe that. Well, yeah. like if you don't yeah, believe yeah, it, yeah. back it up. Right. Like say why you don't believe it. Or if you're pro-choice, say why you're pro-choice. Don't just right. say you're pro-choice, you know, like have an opinion and know the facts. Right. And then they're fine. They don't get upset. You don't get in, in trouble for questioning any of that as long as you can back it up. Right. Well, that makes sense. That makes them think critically as yeah. well to, to, to be able to explain why. Mm-hmm. That's really good. Yeah, I think I it like is. that. I know Georgia had this exercise I thought was really cool um, from her religion class. Um, it was several steps, but one of the steps was you had to um, name a symbol that represented your beliefs. So for some people, that's the cross, right? What's your spiritual beliefs? Um and she, I don't remember, I can never remember what symbol she came up with, but it made her stop and think about that. What are my beliefs? How do I connect with a, a higher power or do I not? And what what is the symbol of who I want to be? Because the symbol of the cross symbolizes a lot. Right, I mean, yeah. A lot of um, values, the Ten Commandments, a lot of, you know, way of living, a way of thinking, a way of worshiping. That, that one symbol represents a lot of things. It made her kind of have to oh, stop and assess. I can't remember. What I can't remember. I can't, really, I can't remember. Mine? Mm-hmm. What would yours be, Kathy? I don't know. That's, I mean, I would have to think about that. I, mine would be a tree. 
It would? Yeah, just because the roots. Mm-hmm. I always look at trees as life, you know, like just the, from the, like the roots and just the growth and the branches representing the different families and the different parts of your life. And I don't know why a tree has always been like a deeply spiritual thing to me. Interesting. So funny. When you asked me, the first thing that popped in my head was butterfly. Oh, yeah. It was that's butterfly. That's a good one. Um, that's a good one. I guess the transformation I've been through in life, maybe. Mm-hmm. would symbolize that but for it me, symbolizes but so much more even like every little part from the yeah. l- little beginning to the beauty and the growth yep and yeah. i raise butterflies yeah. <laughs> so clearly i am uh, nurturing myself <laughs> yeah but i don't know why you know <clears throat> i believe in the first thing that pops in your head yeah you mm-hmm. know the, and literally when you said that my brain went butterfly and i went no no it's perfect that's so cliche <laughs> you're so cliche you should come up with something a little more original and i was like no stop doing that, that well, a lot of people would probably say of, angels right? uh, you know a vision of an angel or clouds you know like there's just so many but it's personal could be anything right. yeah all right kathy what's yours now I, the first thing that I, I think of is the ocean oh. like i always feel more connected when i'm at the ocean yeah i don't know I mean, I, I, I actually, I do know why, but like, I feel like that is. I the, my favorite thing is the infinity of it. You looking out and never seeing the end, like mm-hmm. where it goes with the skyline, the yeah. ocean. and how it connects to. That's good. These are all really good. They are. We should all get tattoos, <laughs> right? I'll have a butterfly. You have a tree, and you, you get a wave. Big wave. I'll, <laughs> I'll have my entire back covered with a the tramp ocean. stamp. A wave, tramp stamp, and a tree tramp stamp, and mine will be a big butterfly. Which I bet there are lots of butterfly uh, tramp stamps. Sure. Right? That's what we should do. Oh my gosh, that's so funny! I love that. I mean, if you're Those into it, I could so be into it. I'm just saying. Butterfly, was, ocean, tree. See, now I'll never look uh-huh. at the three the same again. Like, I know. Yeah, I'll think about you. I was just when you were saying that, I was thinking about my beautiful orange mm-hmm. tree right outside my window. Well, and the, the things that live in it, and the th- you know, there's just so much. Yeah. yeah, trees are pretty powerful. Trees. I've always yeah. been really connected to nature and to like rivers and trees and forest and stuff but i don't know when you asked me that the first thing that came in my head was a butterfly it's a good one um i was sat talking to bert um i've been struggling a little bit lately with feeling really old i've been calling myself a crone <laughs> and i've been avoiding the mirror because i think i look really old i don't know what's going on with me i don't know if it's my hormones or or what but lately i've been feeling really really sad about being old and bert keeps saying i think you need a tattoo (laughs) (laughs) i was like i don't think if i'm feeling old and getting a tattoo i might feel pathetic when that's over do you have one at all now yeah one tattoo right here yeah me too this one yep i hate it Uh, you hate it make it into a tree a tree You should make it. I wonder if I can turn mine into a butterfly. Yeah, I hate mine. Why? I actually think I'm going to have it removed. I was super young and dumb. And it's yeah, a too. stupid rose heart. I mean, young, it means dumb, nothing. and broke. Uh, right. I was like 23. It's. I don't like it at all. So I was, I've actually like, I just keep forgetting about it. But I've been planning on having it removed. But yeah. maybe I should make it a tree. Uh, maybe you should. You know should. how they can do that? Yeah, they, they can do they that. They can totally totally, do that. Yeah. They can make it a tree. I wonder mm-hmm. if they could make my black hole sun into <laughs> a butterfly. <laughs> how old were you? <laughs> well, think about the song, Black Hole Sun. Oh, yeah. Hello. This, uh, it was, I was in my early 20s, too. I was yeah. living in New York. I did mine in Venice Beach. In Venice Beach? <laughs> Mine was in New York, and at the time, tattoos were illegal in New York. Oh. But piercings were not. So they would have an illegal tattoo parlor in the back of a piercing place. And um, 
and uh, that's where I got it done. New York, yeah. like 22nd and Broadway, somewhere over there, somewhere in that district. Um, Kathy, no tattoos? No. Mm. No. There's nothing I want that's permanent. A no. wave. Do you know what I mean? A permanent I wave? I think a permanent wave. No, I feel like if I got a tattoo idea. like the second I got it, I'd be like, oh, I fucking hate it. <laughs> Just put it right like here. I got it. Right? That's where a lot right of people do them right back there. So when I worked at Playboy, there were a bunch of playmates who did little the Playboy bunny right back there yeah. on the back of their neck. And one of them was married to a Jewish guy and she did it. Yeah. She went out with all they all went out and were drinking and did it and he like was despondent because she couldn't get married in a Jewish cemetery yeah. buried. Oh. If she died in a Jewish cemetery with him, so she had to have it removed. They got divorced, but oh. um, she had it removed because he was so upset that because she had converted for him and everything. Wow, I know why you can't get tattooed as a Jewish person. You can't no. be buried in a Jewish cemetery yeah. with a tattoo. Why? I don't know. I don't know what the logic is behind it, but tattoos are bad for some reason. Yeah. Are you are you are you marking God's work? Maybe maybe I don't know. It's um, also you why? can't. I mean, you're also not supposed to get cremated if you're Jewish. I knew that too, yeah. but I don't know the reason behind that either. But the tattoo is really odd. Your body's a temple. Oh, because your body's uh, a temple. Okay. okay. I ruined, but I but isn't that temple. decor? Isn't that decor for the temple? <laughs> I mean, come on! It's like hanging a picture in the temple, right? right? The black hole sun. <laughs> the black. Hey, um, I'm not Jewish. Well, <laughs> so when I I researched getting this removed, like in the um, early 2000s, and it was going to be like seven hundred dollars. I think it's like three hundred dollars now. Really? Yeah, it's Probably. super cheap. Yeah. I don't really even mine. I don't care about at all. I forget how funny I that it. ours are in the same I place. Know. Yeah. It's so funny. It hurt like a motherfucker. Did yours hurt? No, oh, I have a super high tolerance of pain for pain. I do too, but yours is a little farther Mine's a up. a little farther up. So you have, there's no meat down here. It's just yeah, skin no, and bone. It was awful. Yeah. I, it was really painful. And he told me it was going to be really painful. Mm. He was like, this is going to hurt a lot. Like this and the sternum are the two most painful places. Mm. Are you sure you want to do this? Do it. Yeah. It's like, yes. I need it. Yes. <laughs> Black hole sun. Yes. Put it on there. Uh. I was like, rose hurts. I don't even like roses. Isn't that sad? <laughs> I don't like roses. Why do you think? Was there a picture on the wall you that chose? Was like, yes. Or oh, okay. So dumb, you guys. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's not dumb. It's kind of adorable, I have oh. to say. That's pretty adorable. I don't like roses. I love tulips. I love peonies. I hate roses. <laughs> Maybe they could just change them into tulips. Right. <laughs> uh, you leave the heart. Can you turn these hearts into tulips? Oh, $400, no problem. Right. Or I'll just have it removed. <laughs> That's pretty funny. It's funny. Uh, yeah, so maybe I'll go get a tattoo of a butterfly. Yeah. Since that's my... Where my, would you put a new tattoo? On the I'd probably angle? put it on the inside oh, of my wrist. Oh, that's a good idea. I'd probably put Sam it there. Sam did the... That's she also did super a, painful, too. I would imagine, yeah. It is painful. She's the writing. Um, she did the writing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would probably put it on one of my wrists, but I don't know. I feel like at 48, that's lame. <laughs> yeah, we both you turned know. 49 in June, right? Uh, I'm yeah. August, but yeah. August. yeah. Oh, yeah, don't... I, I'm before you. Yes, I am. Yeah. No, no, no. no. <laughs> Only just by a smidgen, a smidgen. Yeah, I know. We got these 1970s. And I was saying, oh, I think we talked about this before. I was saying to Bert, I wanted to have a destination 50th. And was that you I was talking to about that? We did talk about this recently. We talked because I'm I'm kind of planning mine because I want to do the the, The camping camping family thing. I remember. But, uh, and we have to start doing it. We have to book it six months in advance. So, like, you know, like next November, December. 
Which is crazy because that means I'm going to be 50 next June. I know. It's yeah. insane. It is crazy. I don't know if that has to do. This is the first okay. time I um. I don't know what happened lately that made me start feeling old. Old and like just old. I know. I don't know why. Do you guys feel that Well, way? my kid's getting older. I mean, I had to, we bought my son a car. That's crazy. Yeah, that is That crazy. reality of like being at a dealership and looking at a car with your child, like your little baby boy, <laughs> and that he's driving and he's on the road. It's like, oh. Yeah, I'm not looking forward to that. Makes my no. heart hurt. No, I'm not, I'm not looking forward to that. I got to yeah. look into some driving schools for Georgia, I think. I think someone other than me needs to teach her how to drive. Yeah, well, they have to. They're I think required. They have to do it anyway. Yeah. Oh, they I do? Was, yeah, I was looking up the requirements the other day because yeah. Max was asking about it. Can I get my permit the day after I turned 15 and a half? And I yeah. was like, actually, I don't know what the rules are. <laughs> Let me so check this I'm out. I'm not so sure. But yeah. I think they're required to They take, are required. Yeah. So there's someone he's been driving with. a. He drove with a instructor. Like 10 hours? Is that it? I think he we paid a little extra and did more uh-huh. to have more freeway time just because he has to drive the freeway to school. Um, but I now that we have his car, I pick him up from lacrosse every day and he drives home okay. because I wanted him to get used to the drive he has to do in yeah. the car he's going to be driving. Yeah, that's smart. When that's really smart. take his test? Um, three weeks. Wow. Yeah, my stomach just turned over saying that. Oh, my God. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. That is crazy. Anybody know the rules about driving siblings? Um. He's allowed to drive his sibling. He's not supposed to drive other kids his age. Mm. I thought you couldn't drive anyone under 18. Um, I think he's allowed to drive his sibling. I don't know oh, that yeah. for sure. I heard that there was some special rules for siblings. Because so, I was like, if my daughter is driving to yeah, uh, sorry, take that out to Austin. school to with school. her sibling. If, yeah. if Isla goes to the same high school as Georgia, I'm not going to put Isla on the bus and... Georgia well, drives. So thinking about here, my kids. I was like, yeah. you better be here, taking your sister. Um, we yeah. have a good friend who's with the sheriff's department for years. And um, my son does drive to school now with a boy who is his age, uh, who drives him and another boy. And um, he's technically not supposed to be doing that. But what he told me is if the police see three high school looking age kids, 730 in the morning, driving, they're not going to pull him over unless he ran a red light, ran a stop right, sign, right, right. speeding, Broke like unless he had some sort yeah. of infraction. But if they're just driving, he's like, they know they're going to school. Right. They're not going to pull them over for driving to school. Right. If it's nine o'clock on a Friday night, they're going to pull him over. Right. That makes you sense. Know, so they he will be driving kids to school um, from this neighborhood who go to his school come not, you know, as soon as he gets his license, those parents, these are two freshman boys, and they're like, we're just gonna, he's gonna drive them, right? Like, they're totally fine. Right, right. <laughs> um, and I was like, I'm fine with it if you're fine with it. Right. And I, we did, like, we wrote a letter saying that we were fine with him, this boy driving my son, and he keeps in the glove compartment in case he ever got pulled over. Um, not, it's, there's nothing legal about it, but maybe it would help the police if they saw that the parents knew. Right. I don't know, whatever. They, they're driving to school, you yeah, know? right. Yeah. I know I saw them the other day. Oh my gosh! I in the pickup so truck, cute. yes, in the truck, I saw these three little heads, and I recognized <laughs> Billy's hair, and I went, "Georgia, look at that truck!" Yep. I was like, "Look at those three boys in that truck." She was like, "Oh my god, yes, Elijah and Billy and Aiden." Aiden. And I was like, "Yeah, I can't believe they're driving." I know. I saw them right, um, right before they got off their exit. Yeah. They were so, was so cute. That so little amazing. pickup truck, all packed in. Yeah, it was adorable. That thing's a tank. Yeah. <laughs> it's not super safe, though, those trucks. No, I, I'm looking forward to three weeks, my son driving his car. 
Which is safer. Yes. Yeah, we'll be safer. Yeah, that, that truck. I know Georgia wanted that truck for her yes. first car. And she called my dad, you know, who's mechanic. And he was like, I'm not a big fan. That's not a safe car. Yeah. I'd rather. Mm-hmm. He was like, now I can get you that car and I can make it safe. But that truck, as you see it, is not very safe. Right. And she's like, oh, okay, never mind. How about a brand new Jeep? Well, and <laughs> other like, than the fact that he can't drive that fast in it. Right. Well, that's true. it doesn't go that yeah. fast. There's um, that advantage. Then there's, and he's in, you know, stop and go traffic. It's the only time he ever drives with him is in the morning because they, one does baseball, one does lacrosse, and so they don't have the same after school schedule. Right. But it's been really good. All the rain that we've been getting, too, he's had to, like, I picked him up one day, and it was downpouring, and I get out, and he's like, oh, wait, I'm driving in this? And I was like, yeah, it's going to rain, actually, after you turn 16. Yeah. It doesn't just stop <laughs> raining. You're going to actually get some rain, and so you should drive in it. And he was like, ah, oh, it's very stressful. I would potty train five kids again <laughs> right? versus how stressful it is driving with them when they first start driving. Now he's been driving for six months oh, with God. his permit and he's really good. And so I've now I like, I mean, I did last night I drove home and I didn't say one thing to him. There was nothing I said that was like correcting him, which normally their big thing that they do is the left turns are challenging because um, we don't in LA have a lot of left turn signals, right, uh, right. Uh, arrows. And so they have to wait and, figure out the timing uh, and timing and if yeah, someone behind like, him beeps he gets like stressed and i'm like no that's that guy's problem you don't worry yeah, about that guy no. beeping he can beep all he wants you go when it's safe but the other thing that they do is they take wide turns yeah. so instead of like turning into their lane they're going into the other and i was like there could be someone coming you can't and i'm like wow like <laughs> really wide turn <laughs> Really wide. Turn. <laughs> you should get a bumper sticker. Wide turns makes wide turns, right? right? <laughs> makes wide turns. Yeah. So no, he's gotten much better about that. About well, good. turning into his lane. And I was like, even if there's not a car in that other lane, it's just a good thing to automatically do so that you're in the habit of doing it. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. That's that, those are the. But you're like, oh. and then like I find him accelerating at times. Like I'm like, why are you accelerating? <laughs> Slow down. There's a lot of traffic ahead. Don't accelerate. Don't accelerate into traffic. You know, right. you're just going to have to stop faster. I know. Yeah. I driving so automatic for all of us. We've been driving for so long, but I have been driving home with the perspective of teaching, of thinking about. Oh boy, here's where she's going to have, you know, there's a lot to think about yeah. that you don't think about because it's so automatic. Uh-huh. Where you go, you watch up ahead, you don't just watch what's right in front of you when you're on the freeway. You have to kind of watch the flow of traffic, and I don't think George is going to be very good. And you that. can also, you know, the interesting thing I point out to him all the time too is like uh, we the other night we were driving home and I could see this guy not using his blinker but I could see him his body language, the way he was looking in his side mirror and in this mirror. I was like he wants to come over. And my son was like, huh? And I was like, he's try- He's going to try to get over. Just be aware. Because there wasn't a lot of room between us and the car yeah. in front of us. And sure enough, like three seconds later, the guy darts into the lane. My son was like, how did you know that? And I was like, you have to watch the people in the cars around you, even their body language. I could tell he wanted to come over. The funniest was that one day there was someone with their blinker on who was very tentative driver, like he will be, who wanted to come over. And I was like, flash your brights. And he was like, huh? And I was like, flash your bright so that she knows she can come over. And he does. And she comes over and waves. And he waves back. Ah! And he was so excited. He was like, that was amazing. 
I communicated in code. Totally. There's Morse so code. No. SOS. Anytime <laughs> anyone's blinker anywhere near him goes on, he's like, flashlights. Come on, over. we're good. We're good. Come on, over. He's going to start going bonk, bonk, pulling the big horns out. Oh, he loves it. So that's like funny telling them those, teaching them those things. But he always waves. He loves a wave. Loves to like, <laughs> if someone lets him in, wave. And when someone waves back, you know, he's like, he gets so excited. Oh, that's so cute. <laughs> They're so cute. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. But so, it is like I compare it to like potty training a kid or when your kid has lice, like two nightmare things as a parent oh. that you're like, I will do anything but deal with this again. And then when I started teaching my son to drive, I was like, oh, no, I'll potty train him again. <laughs> I'd potty train him, definitely. Lice? I don't know about lice. Lice is awful. Lice is awful. Oh, lice God. is terrible. Have your kids ever had lice? No, thank you are God. Lucky. You are so lucky. I know. So, so grateful. Ooh, only, yeah. only one time. <laughs> Bert's looking in the window. <laughs> he just finished spin class. Oh, spin <laughs> class. Yeah, he's pretty, he's pretty beat. Okay, here we go. You guys have a good place? Yeah. Howdy. You guys having a good time? Yeah. Oh, How are you doing? You made it through spin class? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You okay? Yeah, I'm wiped out. You I sound tired. You guys. Okay. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that house on is for sale. Which one? The one that's been kind of defunct for, like, no one's lived in for years. Uh, right, right, right at the end? The like, it looks like it's been, like, abandoned for years. Yeah. Big lot, point three, six acres. Wait, wow. the one right behind me? No, that's. No. Yeah, it's on. It's like right on the corner. It's all. It's been it had like a had like a RV. Yeah, I know. I know exactly what you're talking about. Point three six acres, one point five. Really? Oh wait, the one who's in this block. Yes, yeah. in this block. It's the size of our lot and the lot next door. Right, it's a double lot. Double lot. Awesome. Who should that's be developers? Split it up. Yeah. We should <laughs> buy it and build our own. I know. Thanks, babe. Love you, too. I know which one he's talking about. That would be a good lot. I do, too. I would. Uh, yeah, that would be a good lot. That's a knockdown for sure. Yes. Oh, for sure. Who knows what's been going on in that house? Mm-hmm. That house, every time I drive by, I, I go, what is the story? What is the story in that house? What's house you're talking about? It's, you would never notice it, probably. It's, okay. a, it's a double lot. It's yeah. set back a little bit. Not too much, but it's not right up on the street. It has like one of those big, long, semicircular mm-hmm. driveways, and there's an RV that's so dusty and dirty. It almost looks like the house was like built by somebody, like a person. Like it's shabbily yeah. put together. That's yeah. why I'm oh, saying it's not one of those ones you were like, there's good bones. Uh, right there's yeah, no, no bones no it's yeah it it's would the, like go timber <laughs> right the second it, something yeah. comes in there so but it's a fantastic lot it is a oh, great lot it looks like cool. nobody's lived there in, in forever i think there's right. a scary person living there <laughs> there might be a very scary person living there very scary yes all right i'm gonna pull a card from this box i did this at lunch the other day and i got totally shot down <laughs> so we're gonna try this this is something called table talk have you ever uh, heard of it uh-uh. so you pull a card and you ask a question i'm gonna see if it's a good one is monogamy natural for humans? Hmm. For some, not for all. You think so? I think, right? Yeah. I, I think it know. just depends on the person's personality. And I also think it takes a lot of work in terms of keeping it f- exciting and fun. Or it does take work. It takes a lot of work. Oh. I don't know. I think it is. I, I actually agree with you. I think monogamy, it does depend on the person. For some people, 
I'm I'm very monogamous. I've never cheated on anybody ever. Me neither. Right? Bird cheated on everybody except me. <laughs> <laughs> everybody. And I was like, what makes me different? I don't. He should I be suspicious? Before, well, he knows because of my extreme monogamy. If he ever cheated on me, I'd just be gone. I'd yeah. be like, peace out, dude. I don't play that game at all. So I think you may be right. I don't know. I don't know. What do you think? Is monogamy natural? I don't know. I feel like it might be. Like, yeah. I think people want to stay together. Mate for life? Kind of. I don't know. Some people, I think, I do. Monogamy doesn't work for my mother. <laughs> yeah, but that's it. But that's a function of her personality. Yes, and, like, is. that's something other than, you know what I mean? Like, yes. I think not being monogamous is a function of something else. I see. Yeah. I see you know what saying. I mean? A constant searching for something yeah. else. Yeah. Mm. Or, like there's something that you're trying to fix or something that's broken or whatever. And it's not necessarily about monogamy. It's about who you are as an individual, maybe. Right. I don't know. Oh, here's a good one. What was your dad's favorite swear word? Oh my God, my dad never swore. Never? Never. He never swore. Really? Really. Okay, so I think my dad's was probably, God damn it. Yeah. God damn it, Jeannie. Like I can just hear it. <laughs> uh, but my mom did not swear. My mom said, oh, sugar. Oh, sugar. Oh, sugar. <laughs> Which, like, when we were older, she used to, like, always say, oh, sugar. Or if she was mad at my dad, she would go, sugar on you, Dave. Sugar on you. <laughs> That's literally what she said. And um, I remember, like, like somewhere when I hit my teenage years saying to my sister, hey, I just figured it out. So when mom says, oh, sugar, she's saying, oh, shit. And when she says sugar on you, Dave, she's saying, fuck you, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> so sugar is interchangeable for many curse words. Yeah, totally. But she, oh, oh, sugar, she never swore. And we were not allowed to swear around, I mean, definitely not around either of my parents. Uh, for some reason, like, I jackass was like a word I said when I was little and I used to get in so much trouble. Oh, my God. But if I, if my, even the word sucks was a swear word in my family. Like, you couldn't say this sucks because that was just as yeah. bad if you had said, oh, fuck. Like, right. no, no saying it sucks. But, um, I would like, you know, when you're teenage years and you're dealing with girls, I remember saying to my mom, mom, she is such a, I'm sorry, there's no other word to describe it. She's a bitch. Uh, and my mother would be like, oh, Janie, like, find another word. <laughs> <laughs> find another word. Well, like, we were not allowed to swear That's at so all. funny. Yeah. I, I don't remember ever swearing as a kid. My dad was definitely goddamn. That yeah. goddamn, oh, this goddamn, that goddamn. Never take That's the Lord's so name funny. in vain, ever. Oh, and by the way, my like, dad oh my was God. like attended church every day. Yeah. But he goddamn would, it was like his, oh, yeah, just no. one word. Yeah, my dad was God, <laughs> goddamn, not goddamn it. Yeah. Th that goddamn transmission I went to pick up at the goddamn junkyard was, you know, goddamn guy wouldn't put it in my truck. You yeah. know, that's, yeah. I was like, wow, okay. But my grandmother's, my mom's mom's swear word was foot. <laughs> she, she would go off foot. <laughs> and then what I find ironic about this is she worked in a factory sewing and she, she, <laughs> this is not funny, but it's kind of funny. She had some nerve damage from running the pedal and has like numbness in her foot. And I was like, well, you spent your whole life going, ah, foot, ah, foot, foot. And so your foot's like, okay, okay, I give up. I, I don't work anymore. I get it. I get it. Anyway, yeah, ah, foot. That is so funny. funny. I've never heard that. Um, let's see what else I can ask you. What's your favorite raunchy movie? <laughs> Fifty Shades. Oh, that's a good one. I never saw it. Oh. Really? Really? I never saw it either. Did you read, read them? Oh, yeah. 
I didn't read them. I read so the books, we, but I never saw the So we, with that group of girls, mm-hmm. Sam and Jody and all them, we would read it and then we'd go all go see it together. Was it fun? Oh, I it was a blast. actually when she I went to see it. I did we too. had I so much fun. Yeah. There'd be like 12 girls. And of course, the entire like, theater was sure girls. I'm sure Sam went to see it in the theater like nine times. Yeah. Well, I was, I only went once with her, but she did see it several times. She's really, was really into them. Yeah. But they, it was super fun. I mean, we had a blast. The first one definitely is the best. The other is like, there's really laugh out loud moments, like where the entire theater was hysterically laughing, which is funny. Yeah, and probably not what they were going for. Not no. they're going for. And isn't she like Melanie Griffith's daughter? Yeah, Dakota. Yeah. She's dating Chris Martin now too. Is she? Mm-hmm. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, what's your favorite raunchy movie? I don't know. I can't actually think of a raunchy movie. Like, what is raunchy besides that? Like, I could, mine would be like nine and a half weeks. How old is that? That's how long ago it is. I've seen a raunchy he's movie. He's so gross. He's so gross. Right? I know. But at the time, that was really a, uh, you know. Yeah, I can't think of one. No? Nothing that's really raunchy. Raunchy. Roadhouse. <laughs> Roadhouse. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I've never actually seen Roadhouse, but I know every guy's going, oh, every time that movie's on, I gotta watch it. The sex scenes, the sex scenes. I've ever. never seen it either. I've never seen it either. I think so. I've seen parts of it, but. No raunchy movie. Remember. Top Gun. Was that raunchy for you, Candy? <laughs> <laughs> Super raunchy. <laughs> There's that one scene. Uh, yeah, there's, there's like one scene in a yeah. lot of movies, but that's true. That's not doesn't really make it a raunchy movie. Mm-mm. I don't know. You're just too innocent for the raunchy. I think so. Mm. Have you ever been a smoker? For a very brief period. Really? Yeah. When? Um, when I was finishing college. Uh-huh. Um, no, actually, I didn't have my first cigarette until after I had graduated college, mm-hmm. and then I smoked. Like every weekend when I would be out drinking and then for like a minute and a half, I thought like I worked with everybody who smoked and I was like, oh, I could do this. (laughs) (laughs) And then, okay, this is what happened. Actually, this is very funny. Um, Like they would always smoke in the stairwell, like whatever. And I would hang out with them, but I didn't actually smoke during the day. And then one day um, after drinking or whatever, I bought a pack of cigarettes. I bought one pack in my entire life. It was in my glove box. And literally the next week, my car got broken into. The only thing stolen was a pack of cigarettes. And I didn't smoke after. It's a sign. Oh, that's really funny. It was definitely a sign. Yeah, I was like, okay, I just wasted $5. That's really funny. God damn it, they took my cigarettes. Cigarettes. That's it. I quit. That's really funny. I'm sure I smoked a few times after that. But then like, I I only smoked when I drank. And then I would get so sick yeah and yeah. it was just i yeah i didn't last for very long do you ever smoke genie yeah definitely when i drank and the hangovers are so much worse they are yeah, yeah. i didn't it's smoke disgusting. when i drank yeah. yeah yeah i was never a smoker my mom uh taught me a really good lesson when i was about nine or ten her brother was living with us and he smoked menthol cool menthol Ooh. and i i she caught me um like I I'd picked up his pack of cigarettes and I was looking at them and pulling them out and it's curious I was curious about them um and she said you want to smoke and I said yeah I, I think I might want to try that she said okay so she lit the cigarette for him and gave it to me and I walked around the neighborhood blowing through the yeah. cigarette and when I came back she said 
how are you smoking that cigarette? And I showed her. I was blowing through it. She went, no, 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 honey. You got to breathe in and then breathe it all the way down. And she made me smoke that cool menthol. And I oh. thought I was going to die. Uh-oh. It was terrible. And I was like, yeah, I don't think I'll ever do that again. <laughs> I'm good. Because menthol, by, I mean, obviously in college, somebody wants a cigarette. Yeah, I'd try it. And I go, this is terrible. I'm not smoking. And I don't think I ever bought a pack. I bought a pack of cigarettes one time. I was in a play. And I had to smoke in the play. And I was like, well, I better practice smoking so that I look like someone who smokes. But I hated it. But yeah, good old Judy. No, no, no. You got to breathe it in all the way down. Oh, and, oh I thought I was got Menthol was terrible. So that was never really a smoke. Pretty good lesson, though. Right? Worked. Yeah, it worked. Have you ever walked in on anybody having sex? Mm-mm. No? Mm, I don't think so. Lucky. Yeah. <laughs> Have your kids walked in on you having sex? No. Have you? Yep. (gasps) (laughs) What? How How old? Yeah. Oh, this was like six months ago. (laughs) Oh my God! (laughs) What happened? I mean, do you want to talk about it? But I kind of have to know what happened either on the air or off the air. What happened? Oh, that was not fun. Who who was it? Max. Oh, shit. It was not. It was not super terrible. Like... We had the covers over us, so it's not like he saw anything. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm just gonna say my legs were not in their normal position. Oh my god. So <laughs> Max like I hear him and I'm like, stop. And Steven like immediately is like off. And and I'm like Oh, yeah, it was not pretty. Max does not come in our room in the morning. I would imagine not. I mean Terrible. You guys don't lock your door? We don't even close the door. I don't when you have sex, you don't close the door? They're not, the children have never been around before. Do you know what I mean? Like oh, okay. they're either sleeping or like whatever. This was so random. <laughs> like, and there's so much like distance between us yeah, and yeah. the house. Like, yeah, you yeah. feel like you hear they're coming. Apparently <laughs> Maybe not. not so much. Oh my oh God. My God. <laughs> I would die. It was pretty terrible. Oh, uh, no, our kids have <sighs> never. Bert is a door locker. We lock the door. Good policy. Yeah, it is a good. It's a pretty okay policy, yeah. especially. Maybe you need to teach Max about the sock on the door or something like that. Or like, yeah, how right. about a knock even on the yeah. wall yeah. as you're walking in if the door's not closed? Mom, anything? I mean, uh, yeah, there. Yeah, it happens. He's not the first kid that walked in. On oh the gosh, no, no. definitely. Not. And you know, in the long he run, he's healthy. Like there was nothing really to see, but no. like he's also old enough to know at this point what that was that was. So what did you on? just say? Don't come in. No, like it was, it was far too late for that point. He's like he was, walking down the hall, whatever. So like Stephen just like immediately jumped off, and then we were like, huh, "Morning, what's up? Yeah, pancakes coming right up. Right, give me two seconds. I'm gonna finish right with there. this sausage, and I'll get the pancakes. I'll be right there." Yeah. <laughs> uh, I walked in on my mother having sex with our neighbor. Oh, <laughs> oh never God. forget that ever. I was an adult. I was in college. Oh my god! And uh, I walked in the house, and I was like, "Oh, okay." And I like turned around and left. It was really uncomfortable. Wow. Um, it was really bad, and she they thought it was the funniest thing ever because I was so embarrassed. It was, and I was embarrassed for them, and they thought it was hysterical that I walked in. He was a doctor, so he was like, you know, pretty free about the human body. I would imagine to some extent. Yeah. Anyway. Um. What does the opposing political party do better than yours? 
Tough time to ask that question. Yeah. What do they do better? Uh, right now, I can't think of anything. I can think of something they do better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, they um, motivate people. They motivate people to vote. And they, mo- they I think that the opposing party maybe motivates the wrong word they have uh, they they have somehow inspired a lot of loyalty does that make sense do you know what i'm trying to say yeah it's a weird time it is a weird time yeah but is that the party i don't know what does the party do but i don't know if that's a party or if it's a you mean if that's the party or the person Mm -hmm. i don't know interesting question though Mm mm-hmm Yeah. What do they do better? Um, uh, okay, let's think about this. Make a stink about something? Do they do that better? I think they both do it. Well, I think they're both pretty good at that. Both are pretty good at that. Yeah. And I think they're both pretty good about like making a stink about not the things that are the actual issue that are going on, mm-hmm. which is really unfortunate. So is there anything they do better? Oh, it's such an ugly time in politics right now. It is. Um... All right, what else? One more card and then we'll wrap it up. Ooh, that, oh, well, no. If you, no, that's stupid. Um, shit, never mind. Have you ever been fired? Laid off, not fired. No. No, I've never been fired either. No. Well, that was a boring last question to end with. <laughs> <laughs> no good stories there. Um, which non-politician would make the best president? How about that? Well, I think we've learned what non-politicians, what kind of president they made. I'm not so open to that idea anymore. No? No. Not even someone like Oprah? Um, no, because I just feel like the whole idea of it has now been, you people get caught up in the celebrity of it, and it's not that's not the right reasons. Right. And I do think that as much as like everyone gets annoyed by the career politicians and all that, they have the experience and right. the knowledge and it's important. It's not, you can't just surround yourself with the people who have it. I think you need to actually have it. At least to some extent. I mean, Barack Obama may not have been super seasoned, but he did at least have an office and serve uh-huh. and, and had some. Ex- and I think that that's what people seem to be like, more going you know like people are really looking for the more young up and comers right Mm -hmm. than the old established Mm -hmm. although there's a lot of old established that have not been very vocal or very apparent in all this upheaval that's happening that i think should maybe think about speaking up a little more right some more moderate even republicans moderate republicans people who are not conservative or extremist they're there they exist Mm -hmm. but i couldn't tell you one of them's name you know what i mean like they've got to be there not every single person is one extreme or the other there's some middle ground people who probably have some rationale left and try to work across party lines and just don't have enough strength or voice or people behind them or belief that they can change or the opposing extremist party is too strong for them to overcome you know i don't know Mm. i would i would like someone like that to show up yeah you know someone who's not afraid to say i just don't not popular thing yeah yeah maybe i i i can't um i just don't want to deal with another ugly and i don't know how it's um 
if he's running again, I don't know how it's avoidable, but that the whole election, the last one was so ugly. The debates, everything was so ugly. Yeah. And I'm just hoping that this is less ugly. We can rise above. Yeah, I hope we can rise above too because um, I, you know, I wish this is what I wish. Not not that I meant to talk about politics, but I was I was thinking about this the other day about um, people not people voting just straight down their party as opposed to voting for the issue the person who is being you know who's on the ballot stands for because I know I don't. I don't vote down party lines. I, I sometimes vote Republican because I agree with what that person's platform is. So I just look at their platform or, or the proposition or whatever's being presented in an election, and I vote based on what I believe, what my beliefs are. Um, so I don't even know what I would declare my party to be. I'm definitely not extreme on either side. I'm in the middle, and I don't. I I wish more people would allow themselves to be in the middle because I think people who are in the middle are ostracized by both sides. They're ostracized by the side they are lean toward. Like I'm definitely more Democratic than I am Republican, but there are certain things where I go, no, I actually agree with that Republican point of view, and I'm going to vote that point of view because I think that's right. So I'm not going to just join this team and just vote this team because that's the team I'm on. Because I, I don't think it's not a cookie cutter, one size fits all uh, agenda for me. And I think people are afraid to do that. Mm-hmm. They're afraid to admit they do that. And, you know, voting is supposed to be private. It's supposed to be anonymous. But if you say, you know, I'd like to choose, I'd like to not talk about this, then people automatically assume, well, then you obviously didn't vote Democratic. Obviously, you voted for Trump when that's maybe not what happened at all. I think it's gotten so intense. Think it's really hard to actually know both sides of the story. Steve and I were just talking about this the other day. I was like, how come everything pops up on my feed or everything I read is very Democratic? Yeah. Like, I don't ever get the opposing side. Like, there's no information. Like, how do I find that? Mm-hmm. Because as a person, like... Yes, that's certainly what I lean towards, but I'd like to hear the other side. But that's right. nowhere, like, that's not available. Like, right. obviously, it's out there. Like, I don't understand why is that, like, where's the news organization that is neutral? Like, where mm. is that? Like, the stuff I'm reading is not neutral. None of it. Right. And that's not necessarily okay. It's not healthy. It's I don't not think healthy it's at all. Healthy. But because, um, you know, I was listening to this, the, the committee hearing. Uh, last week mm-hmm. with oh, what's his name Michael Cohen, Cohen. Mm-hmm. and you know when they presented his argument at midnight the night before he was supposed to testify and the Republicans stood up and went this is actually breaking the rule and here's the rule it's breaking and this rule says we have to receive it at least 24 hours before I actually agreed with him I went well if that's the rule then that's not fair everybody needs to play by the same set of rules now you may be a crazy evangelist you know crazy republican person extremist but what you're 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 making an argument based on a rule that the both parties have agreed on right. we you have agree. a valid point at uh, for this maybe yes. not everything else but this no. is a valid point but why. then you know yeah. the the committee head who's a democrat was like well you know and i was like there's no well you know the rule says, he stated the rule, he was like, section 918B, whatever it is, says we have to get this 24 hours ahead. We got it less than eight hours ago. So I vote that we push this 
push this hearing and oh well let's put it to a vote and i was like but how is that okay for either side if we are going to be fair then we have to be fair no matter who that sways toward to me i i took issue with that and i'm not a i wasn't on the side of the republicans i was on the side of a rule's a rule and if we as democrats are these you know we're the good guys then the good guys i think should say you know you're right that is the rule let's start this tomorrow and now we have 24 hours for this hearing and now the reverse was happening too where the republicans were saying i can't believe this is the first hearing this committee would hear yeah and he would go no actually there were two before this it was this one and this one that's not cool either i'm not saying they were but if if we're going to make any any reach to each other something as simple as the rule we've all agreed on says 24 hours everyone should not argue with that right that's the fucking rule and if it were reverse i believe the democrats would have done the same thing they would have been like nope nope you wait 24 hours and then if they're you know do you know what i mean yeah that's, that's the thing that bothers well, me it's so, so much the, it's a game that get played so the democrats just got power back which is how they were able to have that vote. Yes. But like the three that were before that, they didn't, and similar things happened where with the Supreme Court um, nominee and them not getting the information. Yeah. And them saying, we can't have this hearing. Yeah, you I know. Information, okay. And then having the vote. So two wrongs don't make it right. No. But it's the game that they've been playing. But for I the think past, somebody right, needs to problem. stop playing yeah. that game. Yeah. Somebody, that where's committee. Where's the integrity? Where's yeah. the integrity? And that committee head, he should have in that moment, in my opinion, said, Listen, I know that these rules didn't apply when the Republicans were in power, but let's push the reset button. Let's just go by the rule book, okay? Let's just start over. That ship has sailed, really. The the judge, the ship has sailed. I agree with you. It Mm -hmm. was all shitty. That was handled very shitty. And they, it was the same game they ended up playing here. And they're right. both they're both being shit asses. And I want somebody to go, let's go back to basics. <laughs> let's just go back to what's the rule? Okay, then let's play by that rule. Right. And see if it would if it would discharge both parties. Because now both parties just wants to win their point, not find the greater good. That's the problem I have with politics is where is the where's the search for the greater good? the good for everybody and that means both sides have to compromise Uh, but i mean i don't talk politics with anybody because i am very moderate i am very in the middle and i do sometimes there are sometimes i hear a republican talking about something going on with trump and i go you know what i have to say that makes a lot of sense that really does make a lot of sense maybe not a policy but like defending something he might have done and i go well i would agree with that it doesn't mean that i think i now support his presidency but i agree with that one thing you're talking about and nobody can say that i've or i feel like nobody can say that without you you're just either on their side or on my side and it doesn't help anything i don't know sorry yeah <laughs> that little box. i was so upset about that michael cohen hearing on so many levels because i was like this is who you're getting he is a liar he is a convicted felon he's a thief he's but in the flip side of that is uh you know 
gangs run with similar people. If this guy is a liar, cheater, stealer, he was doing it all unethical on behalf of of the Trump. Then you can assume Trump is the same person, right? They they he didn't hang out with a preacher. <laughs> he hung out with a crook. So. But at the same time, you look at it and you go, really, this is the witness you're going to present? I see your point of view. Like if this were a court of law and Trump weren't a celebrity and he weren't the president and he was someone they were investigating for a crime, a local crime, how credible would that witness be? Probably not. So again, how are we affecting, how are we shifting the rules to make it apply to what we want the outcome to be? I don't think that's fair. No matter who is the, the object or the subject, I just have, I had a problem with that. Yeah. Any thoughts? Is that just my soapbox? <laughs> oh, <laughs> Tell I'm me just, why I'm wrong. I'm just so disenchanted with it all. I can't even. Yeah. It's just a frustrating, such a bad that's the problem situation is that people are so frustrated yeah. that they just disengage and that makes it even worse. Yeah. Like that's even more terrifying is that I think you make a good point. Like everybody's being shitty. Like I don't want to support anybody because nobody's playing by the rules. Right. Like, I don't either. You know, like, so, like, peace out. But that's not okay. No. You can't do that. And I think that happens a lot, unfortunately. Yeah. But it's just the constant lies. That's what drives me crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the constant lies and the, and the, and the head in the sand and the, and it's, and, and the stupidity of the lies. You're lying about such ridiculously stupid things. Yeah. And we're just, it's occupying so much time and space that should be used for better. And sadly, because he's so childish and petty, it won't be. No. Well, uh, I hope to God someone emerges that can actually give him a run for his money. Because I am afraid he'll be reelected. I really think he, he might be. Um, I wouldn't be surprised at all if he got reelected. Especially if um, an independent party shows up and splits the, you know, progressives or the liberal-minded or even the moderates. Mm-hmm. Splits them off to the side. Um I think that would be a detriment. You know, yeah. I think he would end up winning again, which would be really scary. But, you know, the economy's doing real good. <laughs> Look at jobs. Oh, my God. How much have you seen the L.A. housing market plummeting? Yeah. Yeah. Although not here. Not in our neighborhood specifically, but yeah. I don't know. It's going to be an interesting couple years. I'm not looking forward to this. No. I'm not looking forward to the presidential campaign. No. I, I don't want to watch any of it. I don't want any of the mudslinging. I, I would like someone with some class who's super smart to show up and just be classy all the way through and win. Mm-hmm. That's what I would like. I don't know how that's possible, but... Yeah. Kathy, maybe you should run. You're We've pretty classy. we two years, so <laughs> maybe it'll happen. Well, thanks for coming to chat today. I know it was kind yeah. of an all-over-the-place chat, but I was kind of looking for an all-over-the-place chat. I kind of just wanted to chat. I've yeah. been chatting about like topics and subjects for a while, and I just wanted to have a chat with friends. So thanks. Thanks okay. for sharing your fertility stories. <laughs> that was awesome. All good now. All good now. <laughs> and it can be. I think it is all good for lots of people, which is great. All right. Well, thanks, ladies. Thank you. Thank you.